0: Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. This is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the host. And with me today is Chris Goff and Ravon Johnson, good friends of mine. They're part of the church engagement team at Union Gospel Mission. And gentlemen, I want to welcome you today. It's good to see you.
1: It's good to be here with you, Chuck. Yeah, nice to be
0: here, Chuck. Yeah, well I saw you a few days ago. We were down at a prayer gathering with other pastors and ministry leaders down in Westlake Center uh, where all of the disturbances took place. And I asked you to come in and just have a conversation.
2: So here you are. (laughs) Yeah, we made it into the office. It was a kind of a cool thing. We had a friend of ours who felt called to just come down and pray because there's just just the unrest, the violence, the um, yeah, just the instability. And it's like, how do we turn back to something that's stable? And so the idea of maybe we ought to just gather to pray. It was actually just a few texts that kind of shot around to Mm -hmm. some folks. And pretty soon there were, I don't know, 40 some uh, pastors and just uh, brothers and sisters in Christ who gathered, you know, within twelve hours <laughs> yeah. to pray downtown Seattle, and yeah. and then the following week in Bellevue, same thing. So it was very very cool.
0: Well, good. Well, we want to talk about our, the church's response to what's going on. But first of all, Chris, I know I wasn't going to. You didn't know I was going to ask you this, but. How's your family? You feeling okay? Your yeah. family went through COVID nineteen. You did you all
2: we, have it? We did. Yeah. We. I kept wondering if I'll know anyone who gets COVID nineteen, and then I was the person I knew who got <laughs> COVID nineteen. We, you know, we we did we did fight through it. Um, we, uh, my wife was tested positive for it and the state called and you know long conversation what what grocery store were you in what aisle were you walking down you know oh, wow. everywhere wherever did you go and then um yeah but our family uh so she was offic- officially tested positive but the rest of us they said don't even get tested you've all got it you've all got the symptoms my th- four kids and myself and so uh, but we fought through it and now we we've tested negative so we're on the other side of it but it was uh it was a strange thing yeah it was a bad flu with just some weird symptoms that just abnormal like I haven't felt this way before, mm-hmm. mm. but we, we did get through it. And, and honestly, as we're talking about the church, you know, I jokingly said to a friend of mine, <clears throat> you know, when we got really sick and when we were down and out, uh, Amazon didn't show up. Uh, no one from Netflix stopped by, <laughs> you know, uh, nobody from Facebook or Google helped us out. It was our neighbors. It was our family. It was our church family. Um, you know, to get a text saying, hey, man, uh, uh, a couple dozen pastors in Federal Way are praying for you. I mean, who, who gets that text when they're sick? You right, know? right. Uh, so just uh, an oddly encouraging time, you know, mm. just to have people dropping off groceries, praying for us. Uh, and you realize that this, the, the family of God is so significant when times of difficulty come.
0: Well, I was uh, on in a Zoom meeting with uh, the exec team for uh, Missions Fest, and uh, your name was brought up, you know, because I didn't know yeah. at the time. And you know, we certainly sat down and during the Zoom meeting and had some prayer for you and your family mm-hmm. because you know, it's uh, it's it's very tough. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a good friend of ours uh, who's been on our station on Radio Luz for a while, and his son worked for the station. Augustine Paloato, uh, mm-hmm. who Assembly of God pastor up in Arlington, who passed away just last right. week, you know from it. So you know when when you hear about a pandemic, but when you have associates and people mm-hmm. that you know that some have gotten sick and some have passed away. It really strikes home you yeah. know that this is this is real this isn't just yeah. a news news you know that's yeah. going on, so out of that whole pandemic and out of all of all of that's been going on with us then then the um george floyd uh murder and we say that with understanding hmm. that we say that word took place and um i I have a very and i'm sure many feel this way a very difficult time watching that video yeah. It is uh, heartbreaking to me and um, very painful uh, to, to watch. And so as the country has watched that video, obviously there's been a huge reaction, and rightly so, and so, out of that has come um, circumstances of protests, and then out of that has come violence and mm-hmm. and obviously seattle's been hit hit hard and so, as ministry leaders and as pastors ravan you 're the pastor of of uh, embassy bible fellowship as well as working in the church engagement team. How have you responded? What's been your own personal response? And then how Mm -hmm. have you been working with the church as far as how they are to respond and Mm -hmm. work through some of the issues that we're all dealing with?
1: Well, my own personal response has been one of uh, outrage uh, where we uh, see that and the climate uh, that allowed that to uh, uh to happen you know w- when I say a climate I'm talking about uh the uh the literal history and 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 culture of this country that allowed that to happen and it was like here we are again and but uh as a as a believer in Jesus Christ and one who recognizes the sovereignty of God and how he uh permits certain things to happen, and it's to elicit, I believe, a response <coughs> excuse me, from the church that uh, would would work to advance the kingdom of God. and so <coughs> what i've uh charged my uh my people with, as well as myself, first of all, follow my example, uh secondly. Uh, be angry and don't sin. Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, scripture's clear on that. There's, there's nothing wrong with anger. All feelings, uh, I mean, they're legit, man. And so we have to recognize that. But uh, in light of that, uh, I have to also submit to. Uh, there's a God in heaven. You know, I, I have to be sold out. I, I think at this, at these times. You, you get to a point where you you have to say, who is God to me? Not who is he to my pastor, not who is he to my mother, my brother, my sister, not who is he to my friends, but who is God to me? Uh, and we don't want to miss that. I believe a lot of people who call themselves uh, believers who sit in church on Sunday um, have never asked that question and answered it to the point where they've locked the door and threw away the key and and they know beyond a shadow of a doubt who God is to them see when you get to that point then you can say the lord is my shepherd i shall not want and and, and until we get to that point then we're going to be tossed by the waves the storms of life so we have a storm and this is and i'll be, i'll be brief here we we have a storm that we're facing and so I am I'm challenging uh the people that I speak to that uh uh the greatest response or the best response we can have is from the church. I uh I believe with all my heart that uh uh the the church has been culpable in allowing uh uh the the the, the culture of society to be to the point where uh, the guy, what he did, it was so nonchalant, mm-hmm. it, you know. It it was as though he does it all the time, uh, it, you know. Uh, and so I th- I think the church, because we have not lived like we should be living, we have not lived the scripture that we've preached about, you know, we are one in Christ Jesus – uh, we've promoted literally segregation, we've promoted, um, well, I, I don't get too much into it, but but the question becomes uh, the body of Christ, what are we going to do to uh, exemplify or to demonstrate the love of God to one another and then have it overflow into the rest of society? And so that's that's you know, briefly what uh, I've been focused on. Well, uh, Chris, you know, you
0: were mentioning before we started recording, you know, that part of the mission of what's been going on with Union Gospel Mission has been equipping the church to love your neighbors. So how is that practically happening with what you all are doing in church Mm -hmm. engagement and with the communities?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know... Uh, Just just to piggyback on one thing Ravon said, you know, when you look at Ephesians 2, Mm -hmm. and um, Paul is talking to the Ephesians who are predominantly Gentile, you know, and he Mm -hmm. says that Christ has actually abolished in his flesh, destroyed the dividing wall of hostility. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And in the flesh, some were circumcised, and in the flesh, some were not circumcised, but in the flesh... Jesus destroyed that dividing wall of hostility. I mean, this is a this is a radical position that the church uh, is standing upon—the person of Jesus—and so, you know, goes on to talk about He's building a holy temple with these building blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think Ravon's point—you know—we can we can jump on to another narrative, but the actual radical narrative here is the gospel. Um, mm-hmm. That's the challenging narrative for us. Uh, and so for us, um, you know, during this time of quarantine, uh, Union Gospel Mission kind of had a crazy idea. We had a bunch of food in our warehouse, mm-hmm. and you know, we could have gone to a parking lot somewhere, put up a big Seattle's Union Gospel Mission sign, maybe got on the news for giving out a bunch of food or something. But we thought, what again is this radical narrative? The story of the gospel, and who's who is you know who is the body of Christ? And it's like, well, it's it's all of these brothers and sisters all over. What if we gave our food out to the local church to then distribute to those neighbors, those families in need in their own congregations, mm-hmm. uh, and neighbors of congregants, you know, families that people are aware of in Issaquah, you know in in Auburn, in, in Federal way, wherever? Um, and so we started this idea. We said, let's give our food instead to local churches who could then distribute it to those in need? We called it Project 88 because when Seattle Union gospel Mission started 88 years ago. It, w- it was a network of churches, just kind of working together to serve yeah. the homeless. Yeah. So we thought, let's let's use that same idea. Since then, um, uh, current numbers, I think we've given away—is it one hundred and fifty thousand pounds of food? So it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot. To, I don't know. to about <laughs> se- uh, seven thousand five hundred families. Um, so uh, through through about a hundred churches. So yeah. so serving seven thousand five hundred families. <laughs> And as we've given food away, we just keep getting more, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's this kind of fish and loaves idea. You know, Jesus could have done it all himself, but he decided to give some to the disciples. Okay. <laughs> you guys go distribute this food. And then they actually saw the miraculous transformational work that happened. So it's kind of a cool deal. We we were able to give food to local churches who then gave it out to families in need. And all kinds of cool stories are kind of floating out of this. but. But I think that relational, incarnational response of the local church Mm -hmm. is not only a solution to the, you know, the economic difficulties of coronavirus, but it's also the solution to some of the racial divides and difficulties that we're experiencing, I think.
0: Yeah. Well, we, you know, the mission to pray as well. I was on a, a, a voluntary conference call with all the director of local ministries from around the country uh, that work for Salem uh, Media Group, who's yeah. who's the parent company of this station, and uh, you know we're a publicly held company, so we can't demand that th- that a staff member you know prays. But this was a voluntary prayer time, and so the gentleman that led it is uh, my counterpart in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. and uh, he he orchestrated this call, and the company gave us permission to to ha- be on a call where mm-hmm. we could pray and. And he was talking about what was happening in Minneapolis and said that, uh, you know, the, the, there was quite a, a bit of violence going on. And the church started gathering and praying along mm-hmm. with community leaders and some even legislative leaders there yeah. in, in, in the area. And he said there was a, a definite shift mm-hmm. in the atmosphere of that, of that community to where, you know, there were still protests going on, but the violence ceased yeah and and it was a, a direct result of prayer uh-huh, you know uh-huh. that was happening within the church community and uh you know I so appreciated when i got when I saw the your post on Facebook chris you know that that there was going to be a prayer time of pastors, and I know that's happening throughout all the communities and um you know when I left that prayer uh um meeting down at Westlake, I was walking back to light rail to come back up here to the international district uh you know, and hop on the train. And uh, I was walking right next to Nordstrom's, crossing uh-huh. the street. There was a police officer on mm-hmm. on uh, three of the corners. Yeah. And I walked across the crosswalk and I just, uh, uh, a police officer there, and I just, uh, uh, just slowly walked up to him and I said, <clears throat> I just came from a pastor's gathering and we're praying for you.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, and. You know, I can—the look on his face is, I said, be safe. And he said, thank you, be safe. And I, and when I engaged with him like that, I thought, you know, um, when when I've seen instances where a, a pastor a, of national promise, prominence or even local po- prominence has maybe fallen morally, there's kind of a, a common shame, if you will, within mm-hmm. the profession, like mm-hmm. my brother has fallen— and I, I sense that that's probably the same way that many of these officers feel oh, like. Interesting, yeah, you know, I'm ashamed, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's sad to say I'm ashamed of a profession that is there to protect and to serve, yeah. and the community is looking down on me, and I'm here to serve them, much like a pastor would do, yeah. and and it's almost like that collective guilt that's felt. And I and my prayer for him and all the officers are that are living righteous and godly lives that are out serving you know, every day in their community is that the Lord would somehow confirm to them, whether they're a believer or not, that there is a righteousness to what they're doing. That's right. If they're walking in integrity, and then also for their families, who are have to be an incredible fear, mm-hmm. you know, on that uh, f- for these officers who are trying to uphold the law. And then on the other side, and I, uh, Ravon, I, I guess I would love to have your thoughts on this, And that is, I cannot fathom or think through, as I've talked to many of my African-American friends and pastors who have a legitimate fear for themselves and for their young sons that talk about when they go out on the street of somehow being targeted by authorities. Mm -hmm. I I I can't comprehend that, but when I've talked to my fellow pastors and I see them begin to become very animated mm-hmm. in the discussion mm-hmm. about the fear that they felt as yeah. they've been driving down the road or in a neighborhood or yeah. have been stopped, yeah. I've recognized that there is must be something there to that that it's not yeah. their imagination. Yeah. So address that with me, will you? And, and that that fear as an African American. Uh, it's
1: it's real, <laughs> you know. It's African American. Uh, you know they they talk about well, it's, it's it's just a few bad apples, but when someone pulls you over, you don't know if they're a bad apple or not. Mm-hmm. So there's a fear there, and and there's enough bad apples to the point where uh, we have to uh, tell our sons. Uh, how to behave and 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 also our our wives and our daughters uh how to behave when when we are stopped uh in in these situations and and when I talk about American culture uh this has been going on since America has been in existence you know there's a culture here and and uh, uh we have been taught number one to be afraid of the black man uh number 2 to subjugate his family and, and <clears throat> so that control can be kept and so it's a mindset that is embedded in the culture of America and so uh uh young african american boys especially are taught that uh one of the things that if we want to make it you know we we have to uh make sure that we are towing the line, so to speak. If you get out of line, you're going to be dealt with uh, in some cases severely. And you're going to be, uh, you, you're, you're always suspect, whether you're doing anything or not. I, I, I get on an elevator with people and, and uh, they, they look at me and, and they grab their you know, purses a little tighter. You know, uh, they uh, I, I walk down the street and go into a store and I'm watched more than, uh, you know, my 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 white counterparts that, that's with me, uh, you know, and, and those kinds of things. You, you, you end up growing up with this um, suspicion from society that you're up to no good. And so it is it is taught in society and then. Um uh the the only way I believe to get over that is to first of all know who Jesus Christ is. One of the things that we, we, we've been teaching that I think is 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 so horrendous to uh the American culture is we've been teaching that the white church is right and that Jesus Christ is white. And and, and so we submit. People of color are taught to submit. Yes, you love Jesus. You obey Jesus. But what you're obeying is a white Jesus. What you're loving is a white Jesus. Now, uh, if 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 I was not understanding of who Jesus Christ really was, I could fall prey to that. You know, Jesus Christ wasn't white. It, it, he he wasn't black either. But as far as his skin color is concerned, but that doesn't uh, mean anything if See, when I focus on God being uh, uh a specific color, what what I am I am doing is I'm uh getting people to submit to that color as opposed to submit to God uh who we cannot see. What 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 he said, what Jesus told told the disciples is I came to show you the father. Well, what was he saying? Not skin color, behavior and character. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, what I'm showing you are the the attributes of the father, not the skin color. Uh, And and so what we do in society, we allow the enemy to hijack these truths. And so... uh, uh, what what can what can we do man i i uh
0: well that was gonna be i want to make sure that we you know we identif- we've talked about s- some of the issues, but I'd really love to say to hear both from both of you in the last three minutes here what should our response be you know we've talked about some practical things of feeding and and caring but uh, someone's listening today and they're thinking okay I don't understand the whole issue mm-hmm. I just I I just want to know how I should think about this and how I can respond. I, this this is almost like a man's response, right? What do you want me to do? <laughs> Tell me what to do and I'll go do it, right? Yeah. So so Chris what do you want us to
2: do? <laughs> well, I mean, we yeah, we could solve this problem in less than 3 minutes. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> you know, I I look at what God did to a hurting world. He showed yeah. up in the flesh. Yeah. He showed up in person. It's the Christmas story, you know what I mean? Right. He shows up and and I think there's really something to that. Um, um I just a very brief story. My my mom had listened to this uh this uh preacher who she really respects, a uh, uh, African American preacher and he said, "Hey, don't be afraid to just ask people how they're doing." And and he said, um so she was at the store, uh, hardware store this uh, uh, brother came up to her and she said, hey, I'm sorry if this is awkward, but how are you doing with all this stuff? And he said, is it OK? She had the COVID mask on, right? right? He said, is it OK if I take my mask off and talk to you for a second? And the significance of that, he takes his mask off, right? You think that dividing wall of hostility. He takes his mask off and he says, I'm not doing very good. And they talked and and uh, they they embraced, you know, thank you, sister. Thank you, brother. And um, just this idea of validating, acknowledging, being present. How are you doing in the flesh? Not on social media. Mm-hmm. Social no. media is not helping. No. Um, uh, this is, this is an in-the-person kind of a, a, an activity, I mm-hmm. think. And so that would be my suggestion. How are you doing? Let's talk to each other.
0: Well, I wish we had some more time. We've been talking to Ravon Johnson and Chris Goff, church engagement team at Union Gospel Mission, and uh, if you'd like to learn more about Chris and Ravon and what's going on at UGM, the best way to go is to lightupthecity.org if you want to get in contact with them, gentlemen. It's been good, and I appreciate you coming in today. God bless you. Awesome, thank you, my nice brother. You've been listening to this eight twenty AM. The word special heart of the city. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on A20 AM The Word, call Chuck Olmsted, 206-269-6216, or go to thewordseattle.com.